You know, I got to work on my social skills. Uh, you know, it's a constant struggle for me because at work, someone like one of the one of the people I work with, like she just had like like a grandchild born this past week. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, doing what, what, what grandparents like to do, they like to go around showing like the pictures. Um, so, you know, we, she get she gets to me and she's like, oh, look, look at look at my look at my new grandbaby. Mm. And like, I never really know what to say in those kind of situations. So I just kind of looked at it. I was like. Mm, that looks delicious. Mm. Um, that's uh, not the response that you're looking for. Uh, so how's your week been, Adam? <laughs> Mike, it's been another week of just... Living the dream, as one would say, when you have children who are, you know, trying to go through school, you know, not going to school, but but using you as their school. And mm. so, you know, it's just more more subtraction, borrowing, um, carrying of ones. Um, and then two hours later, your math assignment is finally done for the for the day, and then you get to start a whole new one and then tomorrow. You have problem number two. <laughs> it just keeps on going and going and going, and then you have a two year old who's just like, you know what, my, my my brain doesn't work so well, so I'm just How gonna. Come no one's paying attention to me. So I'm just gonna make you pay attention to me all night long, every hour. Wah 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 wah. And when you know, you were and a kid Adam, you, 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 I'm sure your parents and your teachers and every hour, Mike, every hour, like, no, they, 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 I'm sure they asked you constantly, like, <laughs> Adam, when you grow up, you can be anything you want. And yes. I'm sure in your head, you were like, I want to be a school. I want to be awake every hour. <laughs> awake, <laughs> never sleep, and I want to be a school. I want to be a school. Good thing I'm learning all of this addition and subtraction that I can pass on. I mean, that's pa- going to come handy for you when you grow Whew. up. I mean, and, and then you got to figure out other ways to figure out addition and subtraction. They're like, okay, you, you just learned this way, but now learn the same thing, but this other way. And then we're going to learn a third way. And then, you know, it's, it's equally, and then you get the same answer every single time. And you're just like, why are we doing this? Like we, the first way was fine. Wasn't it? <laughs> you know, these damn liberals in their doomed math. Why do I need you to? Know, when I was a kid, good Lord Jesus taught me how to math the taught perfect me, way. Taught me how to carry the one like a goddamn American hero. Not like goddamn not, Christian man. Not break up 33 into three tens and three ones and then add the three tens <laughs> To the eight tens and the three ones to get eighty three. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I'm Last just saying. time I checked, this was America. That's and what... in America we carry the goddamn one. <laughs> That's exactly what Welcome. my what so my t-shirt says right now. <laughs> I thought this was America. Hashtag carry the one. <laughs> carry the goddamn one, folks. <laughs> Welcome to the skinny with Mike and Adam, where we every goddamn America we, we carry the goddamn one. Welcome to the show this week, folks. We've got a honker. Of I know. Let's just get going. Up. We got no time. I, 
I got to take a, no I, time. I, I got to do a doctor's appointment in the middle of this episode. It's amazing. Adam literally has a doctor's <laughs> appointment in the middle of an over the phone doctor's appointment. So we've got a honker of the episode. I wasn't even <laughs> expecting it to be this heavy. We were going to do a track by track review of a Chris Cornell album. We have, we can't do that. anymore. No, a Chris we Cornell have, album that I, you know, have tons of stories about and emotional connections to. It was literally crying while as I walked down the street listening to it this week, but that's okay. We're not going to talk about it today. We've got to talk about the Paris deluxe edition. <laughs> An album five Adam. five new songs mike five or songs to break or is it? to make or break that album once and for all let's just get to it and at attack, the end attack. of the episode we've attack. got like reviews to go over i've got 13 albums to bring Holy to you guys folks Lee crap. 13 what I, the fuck i i don't have that many i have like two and then like four eps <laughs> <laughs> folks it's going to be a honker of an episode so we hope that you uh enjoy this week's episode next week huge episode um i hope you'll i mean you you, you want to do that episode right adam i sure do what what episode is that the the track by track review of a certain album that we were gifted oh the track week? the track by track review of my brian fallon live stream if i can figure it out <laughs> <laughs> that too but next week we are going to be doing a track by track review of the highly anticipated uh post-human uh survival horror by bring me the horizon so please stay tuned for that we adam, adam keeps trying to rush me along but we're just so we're just gonna rush along i know, I know. we're gonna lead with this week's most exciting story in please the do. scene please do uh with attack attack adam oh are you God. familiar with attack attack i am now <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the greatest week of my life, but I'm glad I'm finally familiar with Attack Attack. Just well, in time like, for them to make an announcement. Apparently, apparently the universe heard mm-hmm. felt the energy you were putting out there and they and they and the energy and the universe said we need to give Adam more Attack yes. Attack. Cuz this past Monday rumors and uh rumors were afoot that they, Attack Attack was going to be coming back uh attack attack you, isn't that a lyric attack attack we're coming back or something never mind you're the attack attack <laughs> fan of this, of this, of this i don't know i don't know i'm sure <laughs> oh, it was it's attack attack point. where are you at there it is. oh yeah that's the very beginning of the entire discography mm-hmm. the uh the the rumors were then substantiated based on new uh social media posts if you go over to instagram at attack attack us uh they're they, they've got they've got like gear put together and um and that's like the only as of monday that was the only picture on their social media account mm-hmm. uh rumors had it that they had written new music and they're uh and they they were having it uh, produced by one joey sturgis and he's back uh, and apparently he's back baby now are you sure is, this but, this isn't the welsh band i'm just saying is is us like a uh an indicator of something from the uk Mm, okay i'm hoping the I'm... united states of the kingdom <laughs> the united states of the queensland of kentucky yes <laughs> there you go <laughs> so um that immediately got all the people all the attack attack fans all the scene fans out there super excited and really wondering what's going on is hmm. is could could this be happening it might uh, be. you know after many 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 times of um johnny frank saying that he's never going to touch anything attack attack ever again uh Caleb Shomo, you know, that, that, that part of his life has, be, has very much been moved right. on. I hope so. But uh, so this past Thursday, no, Friday, I'm sorry, uh, a, a teaser for a new song called All My Life I've been searching for something, 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 <laughs> uh, was released onto YouTube. And 
uh, Attack Attack officially formally announced mm. that they that, that is that is a teaser for the upcoming song. So no new album announcement just yet. But in between Monday and Friday, of course, people were very excited to ask various members of Attack Attack, all seventeen hundred of them. Yes, uh, and one of which Caleb Shomo, who over on his Instagram, uh, he just simply said to answer your questions, no. Uh, <laughs> well, there it is. I'm Johnny Frank additionally said, "Not involved in the AA reunion, mm-hmm. but wish them re- wish them the best. Mm-hmm. Cook up a beautiful Krabby Patty for fans. They deserve <laughs> it. Crab emoji, crab emoji, crab emoji, crab emoji. Nice. Uh, Attack Attack US on Instagram is following seven people: Cameron Perry, Oxide Records, Ooh. Andrew Whiting, Christopher oh. Parkney, Jay Miller, Joey Sturgis, and some guy named Wetzel." Andrew Wetzel, the drummer. Ansel Dretzel. Yeah, Ansel <laughs> Dretzel, yeah. Ansel Dretzel, yes. <laughs> I was going to say Wetzel's pretzel. So right. I was, I was teeing you up for that one. So that... yeah, it's just Wetzel and Whiting. They apparently put put aside their legal battle from 2013 mm-hmm. and have brought in a couple of new new guys. Like, this is this is not good. This is really a bad thing right here. So uh, yeah, I, I, so we... I listened to the 23 second teaser of all oh my life, I've been such a <laughs> but uh, it's a, it just sounds like a, it doesn't sound like in the attack attack that everyone knows and love, not the attack attack where you at shit. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's the, it sounds like it's like the final um, lineup of attack attack from 2012. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of got back together and writing new music right. eight years later uh, without the, bass player or singer from that time period yeah you know the people that everybody like (laughs) yes or the rhythm guitar player so this is interesting i think we should never talk about it again and just move on (laughs) (laughs) so do you feel like that the 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 initial rumors and news story just got deflated when we got when we found out who was in the band (laughs) i think so because nobody these are all the people that nobody wants to see I mean, you're not wrong, Adam. I mean, I mean, mean, Whiting, the guitar player, is the the Crab Core uh, founder. I mean, he he's the one doing the the Crab in the video. mm -hmm. So, and then Johnny Frank just stole the moves from him. So, um, yeah, and and there's no bass player from what it sounds like. So, I mean, this is going to be bad. This is going to be a really poor idea for a reunion, but these guys aren't doing anything else so they might they might as well try to reignite it i know all the members of attack attack that everybody likes have gone on to do new and exciting projects right and these guys have just been like well, i'm gonna sue you <laughs> i'm gonna sue you back uh, so fight. you know why not why not okay so moving on now we got uh more pretty much the rest of the new stories here are going to be album announcements starting with uh, an album that's going to be coming one one of two albums are going to be coming out on September 26th. Very excited for it. We've been anticipating this for a long while. The third album from the saddest girl, the mm. saddest sad girl who ever satted, Miss mm. Julian Baker with her new album, Little Oblivions. Mm. Now, I don't know what the significance is of the uh, album art because she did share the album art. It's yeah, a, I saw it's that. like an abstract painting of her and then there's writing on it. There's no glory in love. Only the gore of our hearts. Gross. So, I don't know if that's like a subtitle to this album or if that's <laughs> like a, uh, you know, maybe that's like, quote unquote, the title track. But uh, yeah, super duper excited about this. We were anticipating this to come out in 2020, but, you know, then 2020 happened. And then right. I'm sure that pushed us along to 2021. We have so much time in between these albums. So I guess that helps to prep us. 
Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, this will this will be interesting. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of the last one, but I was a huge fan of the first one. Mm-hmm. And uh, that first one is so fucking good, man. Right. Woo. But so, uh, yeah, look, looking forward to this one, and that's going to be a big day too because Architects uh, are going to be releasing their ninth album now. Yep. I know you and I aren't like the hugest fans of Architects. You know, we like songs here and there. Correct. Um, you know, what would you say is your most favorite album of theirs? Is it Lost Forever? Yeah, that one definitely. I mean, luckily they got better from their original sound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've evolved as a band, and I say like their last three albums, starting from Lost. Lost Forever, then All Our Gods, and even Holy Hell from 2018 have gotten, you know, they've gotten like progressively more and more refined as a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for their new album, also on also on February 26th, For Those Who Wish to Exist. Now, I am super excited for this album, all solely based on the lead single called Animal. Mm. Adam, I highly recommend you go check out the song Animal when you have the time. <sighs> Do it I is, have to? I, 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 please trust me when I say like, I think you're, I think that song is going to get you super excited for this album because they have kind of gone in a much more, um, did they I, change? Did they change their sound? They change. Okay. They change their sound. So that's they're, they're they, not expecting. So that's good to hear. Yeah, They've well, kind of gone in a, that's the spirit sort of sound. Mm, so, you know, what's. Some synthies, yeah, synth intros of the year, uh, architects cool. themselves. So, I mean, they uh, the the song itself is like it's not the most mind blowing song in the in the world, but like for a band like Architects, like it's 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 a it's a step in the right direction, and I think that the, a band like especially you know, who recently lost their lead guitarist um, two album cycles ago, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know it, it, it's I think it's important for them to kind of jump into a new direction, and Animals, the lead single is. Um, evi- uh, it's good. Ev- it's clear evidence of that, and I'm really, really excited for this new album. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to more singles to come. Yeah. Well, it, it, the album already has a Wikipedia page. Apparently, it's 58 minutes long. Oh my god! <laughs> Fifteen tracks with a minute and a half intro track called. Yeah, you, you know that's kind of standard for them, right? Do you dream of Armageddon? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this. Royal Blood Parkway Drive are featured on this album. So. Mm-hmm. I'll, yeah, I'm really excited I'll for that Royal it. Blood feature. That'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, granted, like their their later music hasn't been like the most exciting, but like they're still one of the most interesting bands. You mean their second album wasn't as good as their first? Yes, the last <laughs> half of their career. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and if you look at the album art too, it is, this is actually like a zoomed out image of that uh, last Falling in Reverse album. Mm, that's right. It is. Is this supposed <laughs> to be a spaceman in a church? What's it going on? It looks like an astronaut. Yeah, in a church. <laughs> spaceman. <but>, yeah. <laughs> a spaceman. <laughs> what about so, them spacemen out there? Is he in a church or is he at like some? It sort looks of... like some chapel. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't tell if it was like a British Parliament, you know, hall or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> They're what's going the on. same thing. <laughs> you know, every building in the UK is like exactly big and historic and Victorian, right? You know? Filled with Beautiful. astronauts. Yes. <laughs> anyway moving on we gotta move on moving on this is a bizarre story and i just thought i would share it like just uh for for shits and giggles but i was looking into it and there's more to the story than meets the eye please tell adam miley cyrus disney channel's own miley cyrus yes uh, is going to be releasing announced recently that she's going to be releasing a covers album a whole Mm. album of covers of metallica songs now that in and of itself fine whatever it doesn't it's 
not that exciting. Yes. Uh, but you know, we're you and I most likely not going to listen to it. But uh, she has, uh, you know, I was, I was digging deeper into this story, and according to uh, Loudwire, she has a long history of of covering like, uh, you know, really famous classic bands. She's done covers of The Cure. She's done covers of The Cranberries. Eat a whole bag of cranberries. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's also she's a whole bag of cranberries. But uh, <laughs> but she, she and, and she's also done a very uh, a, a, a you know not famous to us but a, a pretty famous cover of uh, Chris Cornell's uh, Temple of the Dogs. Say hello to heaven mm, for which, the I am the highway tribute show. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, so yeah, apparently that that's a well known cover that she's done and. So yeah, uh, she's already done a public cover of uh, "Nothing Else Matters" from Metallica, a song I'm not, I'm not too familiar with, hmm. uh, but whatever. Uh, does this get you excited in any way? No, I mean mm. it's probably just going to be all filled with Saint Anger and Death Magnetic songs. So <laughs> everyone's favorite Metallica album. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. I, 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 I've been having a really hard time with covers lately so uh i'm, I'm mm. just gonna pass on all of this <laughs> we're gonna be talking a lot about chris cornell covers this on this on this week's episode aren't we i hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what like one thing i was like while i was reading all these stories like it got me thinking like who is this for um it's just to bring metallica songs to a new audience and not to establish you know n- people who know metallica songs very well anything yeah new. i can't imagine that metallica fans are asking for this i can't no. imagine that miley cyrus fans are asking for this <laughs> they so, might this, you never know this is just like this is for the nichest of niche you know mm. so it's a very interesting announcement and uh i'm wondering out if, if anybody out there is interested in this at all we'll even give it a spin please let us know well after uh, after you do your metallica deep dive then you let me know if you want to hear miley cyrus sing's those songs oh <laughs> i like that that's a good idea yeah right <laughs> friend of the show daniel uh we, we talked a lot about daniel over the years he's you know poor he's, daniel he's probably the biggest poor daniel probably... enjoy your sleep now daniel enjoy <laughs> that sleep man you know you wake up in the morning and you're like wow did i just sleep a full who knows how many hours I slept Nine, the last ten. four days straight without waking up. What a refreshing feeling. Exactly. Been. So, um, you know, hold tight. Hold tight to that feeling, Daniel. Hold <laughs> tight. Live in the moment. Don't ever leave that moment if you can. I was about to say that he is the, he's also the lead singer of the band Tiger's Job. Oh, that's right. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> he also introduced us to the band Tiger's Job. But uh, also announced this past week after days and days of teasing their fans on social media. They finally formally announced that on March 5th, their sixth Whew. album will be coming out. Nice. I won't care how you remember, remember me. me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Tiger's Jaw. Yeah, it's just been, been kind of sitting on one of my top 10 albums of 2017 for a long time with that band. But mm-hmm. I'm excited. They're they're set at the, whatever that last show, where was that place we went to where we saw the Menzingers? Can't remember the name of it now. The house of, house of glass, the house of glass, <laughs> the glass house. Yes, their fans seem to be in a you know in a good mood and were moshing during all of their up tempo pop rock ditties. So, yeah. um, yeah, I was I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for whatever's new from this band now. Yeah, this is this is always one of those bands that I always forget like how much I enjoy their music. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be exciting going into 2021 and having all those memories of all those songs that I love and that, and that show too. What a what a great set that they put on. Right, and uh, they're yeah, 
They're uh, in the studio with Will Yip. Will, Will Yip. 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 <laughs> Everyone's favorite Yip. But uh, but uh, yeah, so on, on, on the back of this announcement, I just want to publicly say out there, Daniel, if you have an advanced copy of this, could you please send it our way? <laughs> and we'll prom- we promise to give a good review of it. You know, right. Of your band. Of your anyway, band. That's, that's not a very funny joke, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you if you uh, change the names of dance, Shomo Dance, you get an anagram for Ben Walsh, who's the lead singer, <laughs> the lead singer of uh, of Tiger's Jaw. Oh, my God. The <laughs> clues were there the entire the whole time. time. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Shall we move on? We got more album announcements. Oh, my God. It doesn't fucking stop. Our favorite Holding. band. Our favorite band. Our favorite band, Holding Absence. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I made fun of them a lot last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. About, Seems like just decades their... ago. Decades oh ago God, it was. <laughs> remember how Remember how long that year was, 2019? It was but, so long. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I made fun of them mostly because of their dopey name. And, you know, and I did have, like, legitimate criticisms of how kind of samey that band kind of sounded but you seem to enjoy them uh, quite a bit right i enjoyed half of their album yeah half of their album <laughs> uh their self-titled album from 2019 we're talking about but they have a new album coming out they just announced this past week uh the greatest mistake of my life now i hope that is not the review <laughs> of their album you never know that's coming out on april 16th 2021 april 16th why are we getting a six month heads up on these things that's so weird yeah it's so strange <laughs> we, we're, we've been getting so used to bands announcing stuff like three months in mm-hmm. advance in the case of like bring me the horizon like one month in advance right um so this is yeah this seems but a little ifs? too early but what ifs i mean it just gives us time to prepare yeah, we can finally <laughs> prep ourselves for for the for the for the comeback right. of holding abs. And I think like most of these bands had these albums recorded in 2019, and we're supposed to mm. release in 2020, but everything just got held up. So, well, speaking of whatever. which, according to an interview with uh, what's his name, Ben Walsh from uh, Tiger's Jaw, yes, he. He, he he said that they recorded it in 2019 and they were just yeah. sitting on it for a and while. And so so did the Architects album. So yeah, interesting. I guess this is the way that the industry works these days. Yeah. Do you, do you think we're finally seeing like the um, the the result of all these bands like recording in quarantine or you know writing in quarantine? Do you think I do you, do you think this is the reason why we're getting so many album announcements this week? I I think it, it's really just that. They were done just like the movements album was like done at the end of 2019. And then it mm. just gets pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Um, and probably this album is just so bad that they were just like, ah, we'll just throw oh, it in there. No, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's in the, it's in the trash bin, but uh, <laughs> I don't even know what well, la- you know, label we, they're on. We, we got, we got to give it a fair shake. Don't we? <laughs> like, we shall, uh, yeah. we shall. Yeah. Hopefully, ho- hopefully like what I'm hoping for in their second album here is that they kind of, um, got more familiar with each other's strengths as musicians and kind of uh, can refine their sound a little bit more and maybe write a little bit better music. It's not so derivative and not so samey, but you know, we'll see what happens come April 16th. We shall. All right. What else we got here? So five new songs, five five new songs, songs, Adam. Yes. From Paris. Yes. Uh, We did a track by track review of this album. Use me a few months ago. And uh, that was a while ago, right? July. Yeah, is that when it came yeah, out? Yeah, July. Yeah, holy crap! Absolutely, it's been three months. Uh, so you guys, if you if you guys have still have been sitting on Use Me, have not checked it out yet. Oh, actually, that was it was August that their album was out. Fuck, and you and you were like, you know what? 
that 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 track listing isn't enticing enough. I need I need I need a few more songs. I need a few more right. to finally get me into this use me band uh, right. bandwagon. Local well, honey, local honey syndrome. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, this past Friday on October twenty third, you can check out the Use Me Deluxe Edition with five new. Oh wait, did I say five? I meant one. One There's new song. One new song. Yeah. And is it just so acoustic versions of the other ones? So what? So the second song is a song from the Hallucinations EP Ooh. that they're bringing back into this one, and three of them are just remixes of uh of a uh, you know songs on songs on use me is it is it the song that i really like from the hallucinations ep things are better yeah that's a, yeah that's a yes song. they heard me they she's listening to the podcast uh, yeah you i mean the evidence is there that lynn gunn is a fan of the show it's been a long time lynn i miss you girl i miss you girl. <laughs> <laughs> that guy that made me super uncomfortable on an airplane hangar in pomona california mm. i'm gonna follow i'm gonna subscribe to that guy's podcast yeah yeah <laughs> he likes my band 70 percent of the time <laughs> <laughs> so uh well i'll talk more about the use me uh deluxe edition later in this week's episode go for it but uh that's i mean that's that's all i pretty much have to say about that uh what else do i have to say here we have oh so let's go ahead and move on then adam speaking of music <laughs> yes i there, there's so much music in the world it's like do we even have the time to listen to all this music do we even have the time to listen to 13 new albums in a week holy crap i don't know because i feel like i'm going to do that for this upcoming week uh since i'm throwing in this post-human band whoever they are never mm. heard of them bunch of losers that's who they are right but uh but i've i've got i've got a bunch of new releases uh most of which came out on this past friday luckily we were fortunate enough to be uh gifted early copies thank you to all of the pr people from these labels thank you yes. for sending them our way and uh and like we said uh next week we have a track by track review of bring me the horizons post-human survival horror again thank you to the uh PR team for Bring Me the Horizon for that. But uh, Adam, you've got some albums as well, don't you? I do. I do. So um, <clears throat> I went ahead and listened to that uh, Deftones. The oh. Deftones? Is it Deftones or The Deftones? I have. I don't even know. In um, my music player, they are named The Deftones. Interesting. But everything I see on them are just Deftones. So. Okay. So I have no history with this band other than hearing Change back in 2000. And, and knowing that he watched me change in him or whatever it was supposed to be. What he was watched it? you change? He watched that me was... change in me <laughs> like you never had wings. So um, <laughs> I'm not at that album yet, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's album three, White Pony. It's the their, oh. old, their, their one and only hit single as far as I know of. So that's like the only uh, exposure I had to this band up until Mike said, hey, that new... Deftones. I keep wanting to say Black Veil Brides album, but no, this is <laughs> this is this is Deftones. Um, oh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. It was all right. Isn't it great, dude? I, I will. I, I, since I have no history with this band, I can't like say it's great because of oh, course. I mean, like on it, its own. I mean, don't, don't, right. I mean, did you enjoy it just just as a just as an art piece? It, it, yes, it was quite interesting because. Like this band's been around for so long and you're like listening to it and you're being like, this sounds like so many other bands, but then you're realizing like, oh wait, this was the band that like started 
that sound. Yeah, this is the band <laughs> that everyone's been copying since 1995. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I gave it a 7 out of 10 overall. Hey, it, that's pretty good. It kind of prompted me to want to listen to more, but I'm going to have to not do that yet because I have mm. too, too much going on this week. Too yes. much. You're right. going to have to listen to everything that I recommend this week because I demand it. Right. So, I had fun reading <laughs> I had fun reading about their history and how they got famous and then they stopped being famous and you know then their bass player died or something as well. Yeah, so that unfortunately. Seemed like an interesting tragic story so every band needs that, right? <laughs> it was like he got in a, tr- a car accident and then like was still alive for several years later but not the oh, same and then he eventually died in 2013 i guess so uh yeah no, no. but anyway this album was pretty good oh definitely i have a feeling it sounds like every other deftones album though yeah right? that's one i, I went it since since i wasn't familiar with the deftones music as far as like their full albums go mm-hmm. i went ahead and read some uh professional reviews of Holmes, and uh one of the criticisms that i kept seeing was that it doesn't do enough change and evolve their sound mm. so that's what that's, I, so that's kind of what i figured because I, I had heard that song change back in 2000 and uh which was like their highest charting single ever and like that song sounds exactly like this album so like, mm. there's nothing that's 20 years of not changing as far as i can yeah. tell but there's hey. an artist i'm going to review uh when when i get to my reviews that's very similar to this where he just kind of writes what he's used to writing and people love it and people will still love it people will still eat it up so I, I figure that's where Deftones is at this point in their career they've been around for 25 years at this point plus you know they're, man but uh, so yeah I mean if uh, but again you know, we're not Deftones experts we're just, we're just going in with their newest album I, I plan on going backwards from here just to kind of listen to the evolution of this band because Ohms did get me super excited to see what all the hubbub was about and uh, yeah I, I liked it enough to to want to keep on going I didn't check out any of the old albums uh, this week because I had too much to listen to we'll get there but, uh, yeah we'll I'm get glad there. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it I think Brandon said that he likes them quite a bit so we'll... likes them like yes like present heads yes oh, cool. he reviewed them on their show this week and nice. uh, yeah they're three hour episode I haven't checked oh, out yet <laughs> I know um so American football American oh, okay. football. Do you know anything about this band? This is like, this is like. Well, I know that you like the Chargers, uh, <laughs> that's the team that you follow. Yes, and the Bears are the five and one Bears. right now. Yeah. They're five and one, which is great. But mm-hmm. the band, American football, from uh, the Bears' hometown of of Urbana, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this was apparently like an an, an emo beginner album of some sort. Like this is like mm. considered a classic amongst the emo scene for the late 90s this is 1999 that this one came out so uh wow yeah so i i like i was reading through it i know um nothing nowhere he covers uh the first track on this album never meant like the final track on his one takes album this from this year and i felt i fell in love with that song and i was like well i guess i gotta listen to me some of this american football and uh, yeah, I thought it was a Nothing Nowhere song, but apparently just a cover. And uh, this album's not great. This album is Ooh. not not great. It's very did it age well or no? You know how like early Death Cab is really slow and really boring. Well, that's that's kind of where this album is. The guitar work is is great, can't deny that. But uh, it's just it's just kind of bland. 
That kind of stuff. You think back in 1999, this would have been like if you fresh and new. If you weren't already listening to Death Cab for Cutie, into their uh, their their sleep albums, if you weren't there yet, you probably would have liked it. Um, But no, I'm not. I'm not taking this. I gave it a four out of nine. So uh, I, I can't recommend it, but I'm sure a lot of people out there enjoy it. It's different, I guess, okay. for the time. It's no like you know, significant other, or uh, it's no human clay, uh, <laughs> and other great hit, hits of '99. You know, she bangs, she bangs, and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Was that 1999? <laughs> oh wait, that might have been 2000. I'm thinking of that. The American Idol cover. <laughs> one. Oh no! She bangs. She <laughs> that was like bangs. a couple years later. <clears throat> but live in La Vida Loca, man, that was '99 all the way. Jesus um, Christ! But no, this album is just math rock, indie rock, emo. Uh, so, if, I mean, I, it seems like it would have everything that I would want in an album, but it was it was pretty not exciting to listen to overall. Okay, so but well, I'm, at least you checked it out. And then they broke up right after that, and somehow this album just can't gained this cult following for all the years afterwards and is like one of the best albums of all time according to the emo culture so the band was just like all right let's get back together in 2016 and (laughs) that was when 17 years later Mm -hmm. they got back together yeah the the lead singer went off and did his own kind of solo project thing called owen and like has like eight or nine albums from that and the other guys like went back to school um, and then American Football LP2 came out in 2016, and I'm listening to that one this week, and so far I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit more than the first one. And then they had a third does album. It sound like, does it sound like 2016 emo? It, it sounds, yeah, like, like I'll put it that way, 2016 emo. Okay. And, and then their third album came out in 2019, so I'll get there another day. But uh, we'll just, yeah, I just felt like I needed to kind of absorb this band because a lot of people have talked about them through the years and Very um cool. so then uh I'm, I'm i'm finally getting into my john Frusciante eps <laughs> oh i thought you were done with john Frusciante. <laughs> no no never done <laughs> he never <laughs> ends <laughs> so, apparently i listened to all of his solo albums which were you know good and not good his his 2000 stuff are incredible i will definitely put all of that out there um his 2010 stuff is where he gets a lot more electronic and I, I talked about the albums that he had in 2012 and 2014 that weren't that great in my opinion and then um he did several eps um uh there the first one that I listened to is called the going inside EP from 2001, which was kind of like, kind of like a B sides from his to record only water for 10 days album. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's like one track from that one. There's a couple other, and then there's like four B sides on there that are very good. So I gave that EP a four out of five altogether. Um, just classic for Shanti doing his thing. And then in 2004, he did five songs for a soundtrack from a film called The Brown Bunny, uh, which apparently is some film. bizarre avant-garde, overly sexualized thing starring Chloe Sil- Silvani. I think she gets naked in almost everything she does. Oh, right? that's the yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> she does like she does like 
actual sexual acts in that movie. Something like that. So yeah. uh, Prashanti contributed five songs to that soundtrack, and those five songs are really, really good. I gave I gave it a five out of five. I didn't listen to the rest of the soundtrack because I'm not mm. familiar with the movie. <laughs> but, um, but still, the, the songs themselves, it's all, all acoustic stuff, all great stuff. A couple of uh, instrumental tracks in there, too, that were really good. Even when you know how avant-garde John Frusciante can be, does that does that kind of take away from the enjoyment, knowing that it's just like an acoustic guitar? And never, music? never. Because it because it, it wasn't like '90s avant-garde. It was much Adam more. Adam has been paid. Off. <laughs> I, I feel like Adam's been paid off by Big Frusciante. <laughs> well, that that stuff is like crazy. Where it's like you need to sit and you need to pay attention to that shit hardcore. And you, you, you'll enjoy it like me if you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a smart But if you want, fan. if you want, you know, kind of dumbed down, kind of just like really good music that gets you feeling good, uh, mm-hmm. you know, listen to 2000s John Frusciante stuff. That's absolutely incredible in my opinion. And you'll be smart like Adam, guys. <laughs> so in 2004, um, I think this was between, between two of his full lengths. Uh, that came out in 2004. Um, so between Inside of Emptiness and Curtains, he released this EP called the DC EP, which is only four tracks. And uh, it was recorded in Washington, DC, apparently. So uh, he called it DC EP. And apparently he used all guitars and uh, amps that he did not own. Like there was stuff that he borrowed from people he knew. So it just like created this kind of different sound but uh it's it's definitely different but it's still him and it's still really good stuff and i gave it a three out of four overall um and then i have a question about that was that like a conscious decision to get other people's like i want to record music with equipment that i'm not familiar with basically yeah just to kind of like push the envelope a little bit so interesting yeah so just like some the guys that kind of helped work on the album with them I think the the producer, his name is Ian McKay, like he used a couple of his other guitars and stuff, so it's just kind of interesting in that regard. It's literally every idea mm-hmm. that John Frusciante <laughs> has, he just does. He just does because <laughs> that's so strange. He he wrote under the bridge. I mean, he's set for life. <laughs> I think he's okay. Right? He can, he can, all, all yeah, all that under the bridge money is paying for literally mm-hmm. twenty EPs that he's been doing. <laughs> so. Um, so that I mean I enjoyed that and then no EPs until 2012 after that and this is when he's getting much more into the electronica stuff so this one from July of 2012 is called Le Tour Le Fur <laughs> I don't know what that means but Bless you. yeah it's L-E-T-U-R hyphen L-E-F-R Le Tour Le Fur sounds like a medicine <laughs> so it feels like I don't know. There's there's rapping on it. There's he's got rap rappers, African American rappers, rappers. He's not rapping. He's, he's not just, rapping. He has, okay. he do, I don't think he does any. Maybe one song he does vocals on this, but the rest of it is is so rap and hip hop. Well, it, but he did all the all the instruments and, and all the music for it. Oh sure, yeah. All the synthesizers and there's still guitar on here. Um. And yeah, then there's like some rapper named RZA, rapper oh, that's named the, that's that's the RZA. RZA? Mm-hmm. He's oh, from RZA. he's from Wu Tang. 
Oh, there he is. Okay, so yeah, Rizza's on there for tracks two and five. Kinetic Nine is a member of the hip hop group Kill Army, a group affiliated with the Wu Tang Clan. So uh, yeah, th- th- this is weird. I I, I, I kind of enjoy enjoyed it. Um, oh, right on, dude. But it's not. It's still not great. <laughs> just kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> you kind I, of enjoyed it just because it was different? It or? was different, yes. So okay. it's like, okay, I can see where he's going here, just thinking outside the box. This was kind of like, he said this was kind of leading him into where he went with his uh, PBX vernacular Intaglio Zone album. Remember we talked about that one a while back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that huge-ass definition. Yeah. Like, I still don't understand to this day. Exactly. I'm not, so. a, I'm not a smart listener like that. <laughs> So I gave it a two out of five overall. So it wasn't like great, but uh, you know, whatever. It's it's him doing him, and I just I'm just realizing like the more electronic stuff is is not my jam, and but it's but there's still a lot of good stuff from the 2000s. So uh, now I got three more EPs to go, and then I will be done officially. I'm not I'm not listening to any of his EDM no, stuff. <laughs> I'm not listening to the Trick Finger stuff. Or I, I listened to Maya once, and it was just straight. Like that was, that was what That's it was. The new album, right? Yeah, the new album, which sounds just like the other two he released this year. So, I mean, for him, he he can figure out what the hell he's trying to do. But that's just not that's not my thing. <laughs> well, I mean, next week are you going to be giving a review of my? Or are you just no, kind of no. skipping it? That was my review right there. What I just said. Oh, <laughs> out of so, <laughs> yes, pretty much. So there's three more EPs that I'm listening to that are basically you know just random sounds and and EDM beats behind them, but I'll. And and there's like no vocals on them whatsoever. So I just figured I'd listen to them for the heck of it. And I probably won't have much to say about them next week. And that's fine. Mm. But okay. So kind of ending on a lull with the Frushanti, judging that uh, three of his solo albums from 2004 are now currently in my top 100 albums of all time. Nice, um, dude. So yeah, and Curtains is a perfect album. And I have since added that to my... Uh, list of perfect albums i put it at number 32 overall very cool so dude. i i love that album so wholeheartedly but anyway no you know you know coming from this from somebody who's not a well not a smart listener like you are but also <laughs> not like a john Frusciante super fan it comes off as like it's more quantity than quality but that's not necessarily like a bad no thing, right? no it's it's definitely quality in the beginning Mm. like the the 2000 stuff because yeah as soon as like he hits 2010 it's just kind of like <laughs> and then it's just like well he's expressing himself this way but i don't get it <laughs> still put it up on the fridge so everyone can see it, right pretty much pretty much so i've i've been enjoying this i i i don't know if anybody else would ever have the the stamina to put up with this many albums as i have but it was something that i i wanted to do back in 2004 and i finally have been able to accomplish it now so that feels nice that's good yeah what what what, what was it that you called this year like <laughs> tying up loose ends <laughs> tying up loose ends here yeah and and what what better way now he's you know now now you become a super fan of somebody that's other that's somebody that's not brian fallon i know i know that's quite a feat and if you ever get into some of those later chili peppers albums you'll you'll have a good time i have no doubt 
maybe 2021 will be my tying up loose ends. Who knows? <laughs> cool, cool. All right, so that's all I got for this week. Next week was gonna. Next week is gonna be ridiculous, but we'll get there. Speaking of an artist who has released a mountain of work mountain. that uh, that and he's been around for a very long time. I want to talk to you. Are you familiar with an artist named Bruce Springsteen? Springsteen, yes. I, mm. I mean, talk about tying up loose ends from 2019 to 2020. I mean, like mm-hmm. it was a you know a lifetime ago. But I was you and I both went over not at the same time, but you and I both went over his entire 19 album discography, all leading up now to his 20th album. Was it only Letter- 19? Well, that's just the ones under the Bruce Springsteen billing. There's like the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. There's yeah, it's it's no, whatever. I'm gonna count. That's including is, all of those. That's including all oh, of those. Okay. Yeah. Well then it this is his twentieth album. Whew. Bruce Springsteen Letter to You. This came up again this past Friday. Uh what was your excitement going into this one? Um well, you know, Western Stars was not the greatest album that we had ever heard, but it was alright. Um and when we, they said that he was bringing back the, both the band for the first time for a while and three old songs from the 70s, I think, yeah. uh, kind of re-recording and, you know, like songs that never saw the light of day. Um, apparently, one of them was covered at some point in the 80s, like one, like, you know, somebody covered one of these unreleased songs way back when. Oh, cool. Um, I'm not sure which one. But no, I mean my 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 level was tepid because the later Bruce stuff has not been my favorite ever since the '90s hit. So <laughs> yeah, he's 71 years old, and exactly. I think he's had such a long, successful career. He's he's a he's a world he's an international superstar at this point. Yep. So I was going into this album, and after I after I've had some time with it, I kind of realized it's it's review proof. Like it's it's just one of those albums. It's like. He wrote it for his, for his fans. He wrote it mm-hmm. for the, the people who have been around that that have been with him since the seventies. Yes. And this is this is just kind of more of the same, especially more like the you know the later stuff, like you said. It's it, it, tonally, it's very similar to Western Stars, and that was just last year too. So you think so? so what a, I mean, I've, what I've a, listened to it twice now, and it it sounded a lot more like seventies and eighties. Than maybe yeah, well maybe that's because of those tracks that he threw in there that were rewritten from like the 70s and stuff so. but for me i was getting like western stars vibes i don't know what mm, it was okay but yeah but um, there's also you, so you've heard it already that's good twice yes there, there's yeah. hardly any like slowed down acoustic numbers yeah i guess yeah western stars was more slowed down yeah. this, one. this one is a little bit more energetic but i got mm-hmm. I think tonally is what I'm trying to say. It's not like a, it's not like a slow down album. I guess. So sorry for the confusion. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed this for what it was. I, uh, I, again, I think it's kind of review proof. It's not like, oh, this this is definitely gonna be like the best fucking album because he's doing what he's doing what he knows. Right. Right. Bruce Springsteen's not an artist that's gonna be like okay well this time i'm gonna blow them away with some like synth intros and fucking, i'm gonna it's bring like, in some like post hardcore he did that once in 1987 and nobody liked yeah. it so he never <laughs> exactly never <looked> back. <laughs> yeah i'm like for track seven i'm gonna bring in baby metal and then we're gonna fucking collaborate yeah he's not that's not what bruce springs is about he, he's gonna write what he knows to write he's yes. gonna he stick he stick he's pretty much in his comfort zone at this point and, and people are gonna eat it up because he has hardcore I, fans out there i heard I read that he recorded it's all recorded live like it's not layered 
So yeah, and it cool. has that kind of rawness to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a consummate professional, right? He's been around since the fucking 70s. He's been writing music for his whole life. Yep. So, like, he, he can he can just go out there banging out for bang it out for an hour and then in the recording album. Oh, uh, his that's wife. A, that's a, his wife's in the band. Oh, <laughs> his wife's in the band. Oh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, this this was this was an enjoyable album for people who are familiar with the uh, first spring season. It's not it's not come into a top ten album of the year near you, okay. at least not from my perspective. But like, yeah, I'm I'm still gonna revisit this in the future. I think it's very pleasant. I think it's cool background music. Uh, yeah, but yeah, letter to you. Go 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 check it out if you haven't already. Okay. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think people who are Bruce fans are going to enjoy it. Okay, cool. Adam? Yes. October 23rd yes. Was, a, was a day in which music was released. Yes. Fever 333 released yes. their new album, Wrong Generation. We talked about it briefly yes. uh, in last week's episode. Uh, and I am here... Oh, it's an EP. It's, it's eight tracks long. Yes. I'm here to say it is some intense fucking shit. Ooh, it is man. some intense... Fever 333. It is some intense lyricism, intense songwriting. Musically, it's in your face. It's mm. angry, mm. rightfully so. This is mm. we, we talked about it. We talked about the concept of the record last week. How day on day 14 of Jason Butler going to protest the murder of George Floyd, he already had like the concept and some of the song ideas for this album out there. Um, have you checked this out at all? Yeah. Two, two listens in, and nice. damn, it's it's like eight tracks, but it, it goes by fast. It's like twenty it minutes. Does. Maybe it's fast, hard, raw <laughs> punk, dude. Mm-hmm. It is it is punk at purest. There's some hip hop elements, of course. It is fever mm-hmm. three after all. It doesn't um, have like any experimental kinds of things like Strength in Numbers had. There's no. Yeah. Inglewood songs on there and that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's no like slowed down stuff. It's 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 rightfully angry. The the, the EP is called Wrong Generation after track three, and uh, I mean track two, Block is on fire. Mm. Probably one of my favorite songs of the year. Whoa, okay. Damn, it is it is it is, it, and it's it's a little hip hop ditty too. It's just it's so good. It's so intense lyrically. It gets me so angry but like in a good way okay like in a in a way that's like justified in a way that of it's it's definitely an album of its time so you know i mean and and these things have been happening for generations right so it's not like this is gonna go out of style at some point but uh show me the proof mike show me the proof I, i haven't seen any proof of any of this going on Ever. Adam, I think you need. I think you need to leave the suburbs. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's affecting you negatively. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, this is this like what a what a what a, what a cool surprise. Like you said, it's not like super experimental, but it doesn't need to be. It's 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 a it's a, it's a raw, angry punk album with some hip hop elements, mm. and it's talking about stuff that's going on in the year 2020. And it's I think it's an album that needs to be heard too. You know, if you if if you are angry at the things that are going on it, uh, to to black people and minorities and things like that. This is an album I think will help help verbalize those things that are going on in your head, the reasons why you're angry, and the things that you can em- empathize with. So, very very good album. I I really I highly enjoyed this one. Um, I, I I gave it a pretty high score. What what did I give this thing? I gave this thing a, a eight point five total. Whoa. So pretty good for eight songs. That's pretty good. Pretty much. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of dipped the music score down because it didn't really push the envelope for like, mm-hmm. you know, 
or what this band does but hey you know what still pretty damn good and and you know uh, block is on fire is a fucking damn good song if, if anything go check out that song dude and i think that'll hook you on the ep i look forward to your full thoughts uh, when, next when, week when they happen yeah. yes are you interested at all in checking out the hands like houses oh EP? yeah oh yeah I'm, I'm two listens in baby yeah no, so pretty much know. all of these october 23rd songs you're two listens in huh when you when, well yeah because they just came out you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh but when you listen to wrong generation and then you jump into that hands like houses album it's just like bam it's like this is the same level of intensity and i haven't forgotten anything about this ep yet what are we talking what? about what's it called again <laughs> <laughs> it's called hands like houses oh yes dude <laughs> i know i've made fun of hands like houses in yes. the past yes you have so have I. I gotta say with this fucking ep yeah i cannot fucking believe how much i enjoy it oh okay good, good. <laughs> it's actually a pretty enjoyable five song ep uh, you know it's it's not again just like with like bruce springsteen it doesn't like it doesn't push the envelope it doesn't like it's not going to be the greatest thing you've ever heard but they're the, these songs here are well written they're well composed they're 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 pretty enjoyable uh you know I, i've I'm not super duper i'm not super duper um uh I'm, not, I'm i'm like super duper like familiar with everything going on yet but like mm-hmm. these songs are pretty dope I mean, is, there, is there any songs that like um stood out to you because the first track the water was um it hooked me in right away no because like i just i've been listening to so much around it right now that it's kind of getting drowned out by everything else oh really okay yeah so i think I'll, just with more, more time know, i think yes i'll know more next week yeah, so I mean, if you if if you want some just good, enjoyable like alternative rock, just go go check out Hands Like Houses, the Hands Like Houses EP. Uh, there are you EP status band at this point. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, if this was any longer than an EP, I mm-hmm. think I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. It, it probably would have just turned into something like it's overstaying it's welcome, mm-hmm. things like that. Speaking of EPs, mm. are you interested at all in checking out the new Pup EP? Ooh. pathetic use of potential mm. did it just come out it, yesterday it just came out yesterday yeah mm. it's called okay. this place sucks ass <laughs> well what's uh what's uh what's your review then i'll decide well it's hard for me to review because you are already going into this i enjoy pup a little bit more than you do it's my number yeah, 10 I, my number 10 worst of whatever their last album year came out morbid stuff from last year yeah yeah, number oh, so yeah that, that was unfortunate. It kind of fell into the uh, honorable mentions for me, but uh, it's 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 more of that actually. You know, it's not it's not gonna push the envelope. It's it's all about like how everything fucking sucks these days. Mm. So, you know, so the album the album title is very apt. Yes. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's it's good garage punk. It's enjoyable. It's not like offensive any. It's not like, not like offensive like wait. I mean, like offensive and like wasting your time. It doesn't waste your time. It just kind of, it just kind of gives you like some fun stuff to listen to, and it's just kind of there. What's the name of the album or the EP again? This place sucks ass. This place sucks. Like literally sucks ass. <laughs> sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> the album art's pretty cool too. It's it's more of like kind of that that hand drawn stuff. It's a, it's a cool little shot of hell and somebody like shooting a flamethrower up in the sky. Nice. How many tracks? Oh, guy, six tracks. That's a, little, that's a little long for my taste, but I'll, 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 I'll give it a spin. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you enjoy Pup, uh, you know, I, I think I think the CP would, would just kind of tickle your fancy in the, 
in the in all the on all the best ways. Mm. Uh, so speaking of albums that start with a P, Paris <laughs> with use me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, five five tracks. Uh, not really. Uh, the first the first new the only new track is a song called "Thank You," uh, featuring an artist named Ray R A Y E. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh you can also if you if you miss the hallucinations ep uh you'll you'll enjoy you'll probably you'll most likely enjoy the song things are better yes. uh, this one's labeled as the alternative version of that oh it didn't sound too different than the the, the maybe this is like the demo version maybe like the mm-hmm. production's a little bit you know rough a little bit more but like, mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know and then uh, of course you got remixes of use me dead weight and loveless uh three of my favorite tracks on this album but so you know check out the deluxe edition if you want it's not that important no uh moving on now this is uh this is the new ep so i guess i, I guess i didn't listen to too much stuff because most of them are eps this is uh from an indie rock sad girl artist named tom berlin now in back in 2018 i checked out her album um, at weddings now i listened to that in 2019 which is why i never talked about it in 2018 so this is the follow-up to that this is called projections uh and it's kind of you know when, when i say indie rock sad girl bisexuals yes. like you know exactly what this sounds like <laughs> oh right? man so it's, we know we know them so well these days <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that sounds a little disparaging but like it's it, it's kind of like a, a genre now sad girl indie rock by who happened to be bisexual right and like it's a it's it's a niche so it's i'm starting to think that like this is like a weird like marketing scam mm, <laughs> yes i yeah. felt that way as so, well <laughs> so for at weddings that was like a 10 track uh, album back in 2018 i listened to it again 2019 uh, I, I enjoyed it for what it is it, it, it's not it doesn't push the genre in the same way that like julian baker does uh, Julian Baker is definitely at the, the top tier of that uh, of that bisexual genre, but the but Tomberlin's <laughs> enjoyable enough. Uh, I feel like the the latter half of the EP with uh, with um, the songs Sin and Natural Light are a lot stronger than the uh, first half, uh, which is the opposite, I believe, of what Daniel said of this EP because he was the one who oh. who reminded me that this uh, came out. So this actually, this one actually came out on the 16th of October. So uh, so we're going to we're going way, way back to to, to that time period, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's enjoyable for what it is. I didn't really give it a super duper high score, um, but you know, if you just want some enjoyable background music while you're cleaning the house or whatever, this is mm. something good to listen to. Yeah, that um, one in Bruce Springsteen apparently. And the Bruce Springsteen, yeah. We'll listen to this right after Bruce Springsteen. Everybody's you know, their favorite bisexual indie artist. <laughs> I mean, if you want to listen to an old white man who's been writing music for 40 years and someone exactly like that, a young bisexual woman. So, I mean, they're so similar. I, I, I can't always tell who is who. Um, but <laughs> one thing I also wanted to highlight this week was uh, a cover album. Uh, this was put out by the, by the label We Are Triumphant, and the album is called Hybrid Theory and Encore. Now, we are recording this on October... 24th and just so happens to be the 20 year anniversary of hybrid theory to the day baby to the day to the day i now can't this... believe it's been that long yeah so i got somewhat of an early copy i, I got this like two days ago 
uh, and uh, and what do you call it? Like it's it's just the album. Uh, twelve different bands uh, cover the twelve songs, similar to the Black Parade ten year anniversary uh, album that you know had some good stuff and some really really bad stuff. Yeah, uh, this is kind of <laughs> in the same vein. It's not okay. like there's no like band here that's just like taking the piss out of some of these hybrid theory songs. Uh, so, you know, so I, I give this like a few listens. I think I listened to like, like three times since in the last two days and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hybrid theory is a seminal album for me in my music career. Uh, this is the first hybrid theory was the first album I ever fell in love with. Mm-hmm. The first album that ever made me feel like music could be more than just stuff you listen to on the radio can like have a deeper meaning and things like that. Nice. Uh, uh, we have bands here uh, like Seforcer doing their cover of by myself uh, a band that a band that listener dave keeps pushing on keeps like pushing on us like like a drug dealer like called coletta doing one of my favorite songs on this album a place for my head doing a damn good job of it too hmm. um one of one of my favorite songs like forgotten being done by the band called devil in details they do a fantastic job so some of these are just bands doing their versions of these songs and it's interesting how like the music scene these days have just kind of turned into what lincoln park was back in the year 2000 uh yes so you know it all it all comes back around they were they were pioneers baby they kind of were uh, even songs that like i've kind of grown out of love of uh since the year 2000 like the song crawling uh, a band called out loved did their version of it and they made me fall in love with that song again so (laughs) So yeah, I and mean, if you're a huge hybrid theory nut like I am, like I, I definitely would recommend giving this a giving this a listen, especially just to kind of if especially to kind of like if you want to discover some new bands maybe. Um and also one 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 more song I wanted to highlight, the the instrumental track Cure for an Itch, which is right the, the track before the last one. Um an artist called Morphined uh, did their rendition of it and it's completely different hmm. so like those are the type of covers that i like to hear like it's completely right. different but it still has like the essence and it stays true to the spirit of the original song yeah so yeah even though it's an instrumental track it's one of my favorites on this on this little thing so i i'd say this is a successful cover album uh there's there's some stuff in here that's like really shitty like the the, the cover of one step Close, closer is just bad <laughs> it's just straight up bad like he the, the oh. dude is like deep growling the entire time he's like he's like he's not yeah he's not singing the singing parts he's just like trying to he's just trying to sound as tough as he can Mm. and it doesn't work for this song (laughs) that the reason why that song is so good is because of the balance between the vocal the the singing and and the screaming vocals but yeah i mean so not every not every song is like you know knocks out of the park but like there's some good stuff in here okay so i recommend people check it out when you get a chance well that's 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 just great (laughs) (laughs) on to some recommendations i listened to three other albums uh that were recommended to us by three different listeners oh so i want to share these with you yes as i find them in my music player so the first one was from listener daniel now he recommended that i check out this band from that i've never heard of before called everything in slow motion now they had their newest album called Influence, and that come that came out October sixteenth. Now he kind of he kind of described them as like a Erase Me era under oath meets like Hope's Fall meets like melodic progressive rock. Hmm. Um, and 
for at least for me from when, when i was given this a listen like i i would probably drop the erase me under oath uh comparison because i didn't really get that vibe at all i was kind of getting more like thrice vibes mm. uh some kind of uh, day seeker vibes too um but so this is like a melodic metalcore album but my god do they do some interesting things in here especially with the electronic elements so they the, the way that they weave in and out of the instrumentation into the um into in, into the electronic elements it it, it it feels like they've been doing this for like a decade and it seems so effortless to them and it really upped my enjoyment of it and it so, so just like on paper it just kind of it does kind of feel like a like like oh it's just another bland boring metalcore album from the from a dying scene but <laughs> they do just enough to keep it interesting and they mm-hmm. do just enough to like keep me wanting more and i'm i'm really interested in this band now and i'm okay um, what's their name again from everything in everything. slow motion and the album's called influence i'm sorry if i didn't say that uh the song here that kind of stood out the most was the song uh uh called uh, clementine it's kind of a slower song it's a love song too and uh, it's one of my favorites of this one like the first track apollo is also really is really good as well i, I think i'll i think i'll throw that into the show for people to listen to uh, but yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're into the metalcore, metal, melodic metalcore scene, I think this will slot right in and kind of give you kind of re, kind of like a palette, palette, palette refresher mm. in my mind. Interesting. So According another... Their... Oh, wait. Go was... ahead. Never mind. I was like looking Wrong at band. somebody else's uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong band. Uh, this... A few days ago, I was recommended by listener Dave to check out the self-titled debut album, Girlfriends, from the band Girlfriends. Yes. Now, this is a uh, pop-punk slash pop-punk album. (laughs) I can't really describe it any any other way. I I was getting like early, I was getting like mid-career Blink vibes with a little bit of a, with a little bit of like man overboard vibes a little bit mm. uh so it's kind of your standard pop punk fare uh but kind of the kind of the theme of all of my reviews this week like it it, it does just enough to keep you interested uh, okay. there's a song it, it lyrically though this album's fucking dumb it's so <laughs> it's so like you can tell these guys are young because it's all the same fucking pop punk shit that pop punk has been singing about for the last 20 years mm. but like all the small things all the small things, yeah, exactly. Um, but like, you know, it, it's on girl. I know you, girl. And, you, know, <laughs> you broke my heart, girl. You know, it's 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 stupid shit like that. And and uh, you know, there's a song called "Over My Head" that features Burt McCracken. Ooh. That's a uh, pretty good. You know, the first Burt McCracken thing I've enjoyed since 2004. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a cool song here about about. California, which is really cool. Like, we need another fucking California song. There's never enough California songs. There really isn't, you know? <laughs> California is such a big state, we need to fill the state with all these pop punk songs. <laughs> uh, there's a single, uh, a really good single here called Eyes Wide Shut, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Tommy, starring Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Um, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, really good movie. Go check that out. Underrated movie. And I, I feel like that movie's not talked about. Enough. There's a lot of sex in it. But, uh, yeah. 
but it's a <laughs> but it's a real yeah the young Nicole the Nicole Kidman hey old Nicole Kidman fine wine I know I know but you know I'm, I'm very attuned to the 90s when it comes to Nicole Kidman <laughs> so I mean you're gonna like you're gonna like eyes wide shut when we rewatch it together right but, Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, another album that like didn't blow me away but like I still enjoyed it enough to where like I want to revisit this again I'm interested to see where this band goes in the future hopefully not in a bland boring pathetic uh, route <laughs> so my final album Sorry. here planned for you pathetic route hopefully hopefully <laughs> uh, I wanted to save the best for last because out of all those albums and this is my oh, I'm sorry I, I, I'm sorry for, for the new stuff and then I'll, and then we'll talk about Chris Cornell in a bit so for all the new stuff that I listened to I wanted to save the best for last because I had never heard of this band before I had no idea who they were and the only reason I'm familiar with them now is because one of our listeners uh john weegs we call him weegs uh he 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 locked this band down for their new album on the skinny draft more in the draft in the coming weeks mm. but uh because we have re- we have some results to share with you guys but um the band's called i don't know how but they found me oh yes with former bass player of p at the d which i found out yeah with the drummer i don't know how of uh yeah, it's and, uh, and which is a uh, Back to the Future uh, reference. A uh, former drummer of uh, of a uh, Falling in Reverse as well. So this is their debut album. Told you not to come back, you bastard. <laughs> they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty. Adam, can you please get your guest out of the room? He's interrupting the show. There he goes again. Man. Ah, showing I up. I felt that through my microphone. Yikes! What a weirdo. <laughs> so this is the debut album following two EPs that this band has had. That one's called Razzmatazz. Razzmatazz. Adam, I cannot tell you how fucking enjoyable mm. this album is. It is so good. Little shit. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so good. From the first track to the very end, Whoa. it is just enjoyable, high energy. It it throws curveballs at you. I mean, it's a band that it's just a it's just a it's just a duo. Um, Daniel Weeks does the bass, keyboards, and the vocals, and uh, Ryan Seaman <laughs> does uh, backup vocals and drums. <laughs> and if I were to describe C-man. this band, E man, E man, Seaman. Women and semen don't mix, sir. But, uh... <laughs> I watched that episode this past week. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, but, uh... Anyway, so if I were to describe the, I mean, the listeners are hearing it right now, but if I were to describe like what, what this band kind of sounds like to me, I was getting Palais Royale vibes. Mm. I was getting Panic the Disco vibes, which makes sense. Mm. I was getting 1975 vibes. Mm. I was getting, I was, I was even getting like, what was that old 80s? Oh, I had I should have I should have wrote it down. Huey Lewis in the news. Right? Huey Lewis <laughs> and the news. It'll come to me in a bit, but like yeah, I mean like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so all these cool, interesting genre mixes were blended over here, and it's, it was just and it's just two guys mm-hmm. doing this stuff, you know. So right. highly, highly recommended that this. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm gonna listen to it, Mike. Listen to, yeah, uh, listen to their Christmas EP from 2019. 
and whatever <laughs> before that, the 1981 extended play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to listen to the Christmas EP. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't even gone that far. I haven't even okay. gone back and listened to the old stuff. I'm only familiar with with the with this, with this album. But man, what an album! Okay. It is. I'll put it on so the list. So good. I I I I I'm really really predicting that because this is I, I gave this like an 8.5. Mm. So like I'm really predicting this to be like one of the best albums of the year. Uh, Jason Butler numbers right there. Man. That's some butler. That's that's some that's some butle fuck right there, man. <laughs> butle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a good way to describe an album. Like, I no, but like butle fucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude. Like, whoo! I was not expecting okay. so, to because uh, I, I went into this completely completely cold. No idea who this band is, what they sound like, nothing. I only heard their name, and I kind of, I kind of went into it like not expecting much to, because I kind of, I have this issue where, like, if if your band has a stupid name, I kind of already don't think too much of you. Like, I, you know, I, so I'm I'm pretty judgmental like that in in a in a bad way. So I went into this with low expectations. I know you will. I know you will. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so I went into this with low expectations, and my God, the did this album like blow my expectations out of the okay. out of water? Well, you you knew that Seaman was uh, originally from Falling in Reverse, right? I did. Yeah, but you know he was the drummer, so like yeah. it's not like he was like a huge part of the. He's someone just the, like you, Mike. He drummed on just like you. I'm just saying, the best one, the best, the best, and album. and fashionably late. Good for him. <laughs> the best. So here, look how far we've come in just seven years. Like, yeah, it's fashionably late, and now you're praising semen all over you i mean it's all over <laughs> i just the podcast I just, now. all i want is semen in my ears <laughs> just get it all in there baby like just let it seep right. in let it get into my brain and i'll just get semen all day all night in my brain 8.5 baby 8.5 exactly all right i'm i'm gonna listen to it i'm putting it on the list please do i really i i, I really want to hear what your thoughts are okay uh going to the future <clears throat> Back, Adam, that's enough back to future the, shit. Okay. I don't know how, but they found me. Now, but, let's, uh, now let's go to bands that will will never, ever sound different. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's that's kind of a... Is that fair? I that's probably fair. I'm, I'm, it's, it's very fair. <laughs> let's go in chronological order. Now that we are okay. done with uh, Sound Garden, all six albums from the Sound Garden yes. discography. So you said that... Um, Bad Motor Finger was probably your favorite. Bad Motor Finger, I think, to the as far as Soundgarden goes, is my yes. favorite. Yes. So now we're going to be tackling the one album from Temple of the Dog. Yes. Which, uh, which, which I had a good time like reading their story and realizing, like, oh my god, this predates Bad Motor Finger. Yes. <laughs> which I, is interesting. This was, uh, yeah. There's a long story behind it. Yeah, this is grunge before Soundgarden turned grunge. Pretty much, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. Should we tell it now to the people who don't already know, or should we? Just I think say you it? can probably tell the story a little <laughs> bit better than I can. I mean, you've well, been you've been living this album since 1991. Yes, I have. Well, and you got to remember, like when this, when uh, Hunger Strike hit in 1991 ish. Like nothing, nothing sounded like that. You could, you, you, you still had your glam metal stuff going at that point. And this was right before uh, Nirvana kicked off everything. 
and Pearl Jam's album came out later that year. Bad Motor Finger came out shortly thereafter. Um, and uh, so when you heard a song like Hunger Strike come on the radio, you're, you're immediately drawn to it as, oh, I haven't heard anything like this in most of my days. And I, I can remember it. I can remember hearing it in middle school, just being like, there's something about this. And then like, I, I didn't know anything else. I just heard Eddie Vedder. And so I just always assumed it was a Pearl Jam song. For, for years and years until I realized it wasn't. Mm. So, because I didn't, I didn't pick up this album until my 2002 grunge dumping of my early 20s. Oh, so you're not that familiar with it, right? I thought you were all in with this, like back when you were. A, I, like, I was when you first became a Soundgarden. Fan. I, I was all in on Hunger Strike, but I didn't become a Soundgarden fan, Pearl Jam fan, Alice in Chains fan, or Temple of the Dog fan until 2002. So okay, cool. We have to put it into that perspective. I was late to the game because the internet didn't exist yet. <laughs> I like the internet. Internet. So, cool. and so it was fun having the internet, listening to it in 2002 to finally realize what it was all about and how this was a uh, a, a super group of sorts. So you got. Do, do you want me to start with 1980s Seattle scene to explain this? I mean, would, would that put it into perspective? Go for it, man. Okay, so you got your. Uh, you got you got your uh, Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard uh, in the beginning. God created them, um, t- <laughs> t- two guys that formed a band called uh, Green River. A jam, a jam band of sorts. They, they they formed a band called Green River in the '80s in Seattle um, uh, with a couple other guys, and eventually that band split. It was a very very popular band of the scene but eventually split and I don't recommend listening to any of their albums because they're not very good but (laughs) so half the group went off to be in the band Mud Honey and Jeff Amend and Stone Gossard went off to form the band Mother Love Bone fronted by one Andrew Wood who uh, was quite the character from what all the stories have told us and uh, he was he was quite the the rock star personality he was definitely uh, uh, more the bigger than life kind of guy definitely different uh personality than the other seattle musicians at the time so like labels were sniffing around mother love bone quite a bit uh leading up to that they released a full-length album called rotten apple i believe in 1990 and that kind of got them a little bit of push and they were just about to like kind of break out into the mainstream when uh heroin can you update us on Andrew Wood's uh, <laughs> m- um, mortality? <laughs> well, when uh, when people find heroin, sometimes life goes down the drain. Oh and no! There it did, right on the cusp of that band breaking loose. Uh, Andrew Wood succumbed to his heroin addiction at the tender age of twenty-four. Twenty-four, oh, Mike. So <laughs> twenty-four. So uh, he died March of nineteen ninety. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't realize, man, that's, that's a long time. It was almost a year after the Temple of the Dog comes out. Now, do we know if Andrew Wood, the late Andrew Wood, had a roommate at all? Was he living Uh, with anyone at the time? Would that have been Mr. Chris Cornell? Yes. I think that might have been other (laughs) dead musician, Chris Cornell. Future, future dead musician. Future dead musician, Chris Cornell. So yes, Andrew Wood and Chris Cornell were the best of friends. Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament were obviously in the band with Andrew Wood. Uh, And uh, so 
they I can't believe it took a year, but I guess that makes sense for them to kind of these things take time. Yeah, because Soundgarden was doing their thing, Pearl Jam was starting to form around that time, and eventually this band just kind of came together. So you got your your Chris Cornell, you got your Jeff Ament on bass, you got your Stone Gossard on guitar, you got your Matt Cameron on drums from Matt Cameron and Chris Cornell in the same band, and then little known guitar player Mike McCready on lead guitar that uh, he hadn't been in any seattle bands from what i know he was just kind of like some dude that they started jamming with and uh so they all came together created this temple of the dog band and then you know the the band got a little bit of of success from that hunger strike song and then they all went you know chris cornell and matt cameron went off to be in the Bad Motorfinger edition of Soundgarden and uh, the rest of Temple of the Dog went off to create one of the most iconic albums of all time, 10, by a band called Pearl Jam. Pearling uh, Jam. Yes, yes. With, uh, San Diego lead singer Edward Vedder. Um, so it's not quite a super group, it's more like. What's the opposite of a super group? It's basically of roommates. I mean, these were like friends and roommates that had known each other for years before any of them got famous yeah because <laughs> so, well, before i knew the, yeah before i knew the full story though i thought it was just like pearl jam knew um soundgarden They're like hey we should we should collaborate together and then you know mm. they, and then they just did it so i, I didn't so this is this this was kind of the, the, this band was a project that kind of split off into two different things i know soundgarden was already a thing mm-hmm. but you know soundgarden sound changed right. right after this album right and then pearl jam sound kind of went from there and you're you haven't heard much of 10 i don't think but or the super no. early pearl jam stuff but it's definitely on the same level musically one of adam's greats one of the greats so um yeah i i jumped into this album when i learned about it and i was like oh hey i remember this hunger strike song from back in like seventh grade and i really like that song and it still is in my opinion, one of the greatest songs probably ever written. It's one of the um, best songs on this album. And if I do say so myself. So I, I, I knew that this was written as a tribute to Andrew Wood. I think for a long, long time, I only felt the first two tracks were really about him. But uh, listening to it nearly 20 years later, after taking long breaks from it, you can start to pick up on more subtleties of how the entire album could have been related to uh to to the tribute aspect um but yeah yeah i mean even the band name itself too was uh, from what i read was a was a reference to a, a mother love bone song ah yes so you call so, me a dog uh, yeah there, that that's a a mother love bone thing um so yes i i jumped into the mother love bone train for their one album that they did and it's a pretty decent album it's not like mind-blowing but there's some really good songs on there and one of the pearl jam shows i went to they played one of those songs and that was a very high point of my life right there right on (laughs) so (laughs) that was kind of cool um but yes i had taken many many years off from this album besides in 2017 when i listened to it to add it to my best of lists where it currently ranks officially there Number 17 of all time on my best albums of all time. One of the greats. And which I makes it a perfect album too. Re-listened to it this past week and because you told me you cried. You gotta remember, like I listened to it for the best ofs in like March of 2017. Mm-hmm. Chris Cornell 
dies May of 2017. Fuck. Adam has no interest in listening to Chris Cornell literally for the past three years until you started doing this. So now I'm looking at it from that perspective of like, okay, I can accept. Is this really the first Chris Cornell album you've heard since he's, since he died? Pretty much. I don't go back. Holy shit. To him. I mean, besides revisiting the Soundgarden stuff with you in the previous oh, okay. weeks, but I hadn't listened to this album uh, since that time either. And since this is quite a departure from Soundgarden, um, but at the, at this point in their career, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it brought up a lot of feelings and a lot of uh, goddamn kind of stuff when mm. I was listening to it this week. So, but yes, tell me, tell me about yourself, Mike. Tell me about well, yourself with, with zero history <laughs> with this album. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you should throw it to me after that really sad emotional story, because, you know, I, I'm going into this, becoming a Chris Cornell fan, right? I'm going into this not having that history. Mm -hmm. I'm only going through this based on stories that you've shared with me. So, and, you know, reading the, the, the origins of Temple of the Dog and how interesting that story was and how this project was a, uh, just, was just like a tribute to Chris Cornell's friend, mm -hmm. uh, was very, interesting and it kind of colored my perspective going into this now i had already heard soundgarden prior to this so like the sound change from the first two soundgarden albums going into this mm -hmm. you know wasn't like shocking or anything right it was just like oh cool this is like where that grunge sound at least right. for chris cornell's career started so it's, um, it's a l less intense instrumentation than sound yeah. and stuff so but still his voice being pushed to the limits yeah yeah you, and this was like the beginning i guess of chris cornell you could kind of hear it too his like his bringing in more of that falsetto sound yeah. that he's that he's very yeah. that he's very famous for and you know he singing would go from, on for, singing from the chest but also with yeah. falsetto to give it yeah that whatever you want to call it it's such a unique it's such a unique tone of voice that he's mm -hmm. like mastered over the years. And we'll get to some more albums a little bit later, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I very much enjoyed this one. I, 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 I enjoyed this one a little less than bad motor finger and even super unknown, but like I enjoyed this more than the other, uh, Soundgarden albums, at least. So. It, I, that's, that's kind of cool to hear. I mean, I know reach yeah. down is reached is 11 minutes long, but you can't deny it how good the, it doesn't feel that long how good the, you know half music the, is for this entire album too yeah musically like the album flows really well like and, and of course because it is it is a grunge album it kind of mm -hmm. fits with uh chris cornell's uh vocal styles and his songwriting sensibilities very well as well mm -hmm. so you know it so the length of it you know it's 10 tracks long 54 minutes yeah it, so it doesn't feel its length it's just no. kind of like it's no. paced really well which i which i really like even with reach down like you said it's 11 minutes long but like mm -hmm. half of that it's is like instrumental yeah. yeah it's like a four minute guitar solo in there yeah and, and it's not and it's a really good guitar solo mm -hmm. too like and when it, you when you look at like all the the harmonies and what he's doing what cornell's doing with his voice you know going between the the screams and the cleans and like it's so much fun to sing when you know all of the words to it as well mm. so like you know driving in my car by myself I've, of course this was one of my favorites to just be cruising down the highway um and then you got your times of trouble i mean 
one more that's time. a good song dude that is a good song man. um so musically i mean pearl jam take took the music from that obviously it's written it's written by stone gossard so like there's there's a pearl jam song with that music but with eddie vetter doing the vocals where it's mm. it's a completely different song it's not it's not in the same like melody it's just it's completely unique and it's called footsteps it's like a b-side from from their second album um i always felt that times of trouble was the superior version uh in later years oh that's interesting because that's that's reminding me of the whole chiodos debacle exactly with the song it's, the, Care. it's yeah. the same kind of thing but but you can tell that it wasn't like it wasn't a debacle to do something like this. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, that's just it's Thermacare without all the stupid legal right. shit going it's on. Like Stone Gossard had this guitar riff, and 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 he gave it to Chris Cornell, and then he gave it to Eddie Vedder, and both of them created completely different songs. Yeah, They're both really good. But I always felt that's an interesting story. That's really cool. Times of Trouble is definitely I I like I'm listening to it this week, and I'm just like bawling my eyes out because I'm realizing like this was like the most positive song that he ever did, <laughs> you know, like, like he's not like no, none of his other songs are about hanging on and, and trying to like be like positive and that things are going to get better. And so I was, yeah, but you know, I, given I, the context of how this project came to be, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's an appropriate song for this album. And then when you realize that, you know, he's no longer with us for exactly that reason, it hurt, hurts even on a deeper depression. It hurts even on a deeper level that you're trying to process in your 40 year old head of like, like, holy shit. This is why I haven't listened to these albums in so long. Yeah, that's that that that, was, that song was definitely like a choked up moment. Ooh, you know? holy moly! But then you jump into "Wooden Jesus," which was always one of my favorite songs, and another good song. Ooh, Four Walled World" is incredible, and "All Night Thing" was on the in Wayne's World. Oddly enough, <laughs> was that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a bizarre moment where uh, they go to Rob Lowe's apartment, and "All Night Thing" is playing. In oh, the- <laughs> <laughs> that's so, cool. Like, hey, I know this song now, and it's just. Oh man, it's such a good album. I really am happy that you enjoyed it. Yeah, very, very enjoyable. Especially, I, I think also with the context that I'm familiar with uh, Soundgarden's music and their musical style too, kind of like, you know, helped me. Not, not that I would think it wouldn't, but like kind of helped ease me into <clears throat> this album really well. So yeah. yeah, really, really, really cool. Really cool project. Really cool story behind how this project came to be. And then they were, they, they had started bringing this group back together in the 2010s after like audio slave ended and Pearl jam was kind of taking breaks, but then all of a sudden it was, you're, you're hearing rumblings about like temple of the dog getting back together and they were, Oh, they started touring. And I was just like, it's 2015. I just, I, I can't see myself spending like money on this at this point. Uh, so I missed your chance, I, man. And I was just like, ah, I don't need to worry about that. It's not important. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, part of me is like, that's okay. I have, I have the album and that's all I really need. I have my own, my own memories. I don't need new ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but yes, I'm glad that you liked it. And if you ever check out that Pearl Jam track, it's, it's interesting because it's a completely different song with the same music. So well, it's going to have to now, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Are you familiar with Chris Cornell? 
<laughs> a little bit. Tell me about are you fam- Are you familiar with Chris Cornell's solo work in 1999? Oh, man. So, yes. Yes, I am. Do you like sad music, Adam? Did I warn you how how sad <laughs> Euphoria Morning was going to be? This album is so fucking sad. <laughs> man, this is Chris Cornell at his at his darkest i mean the, he had like he he wasn't a guy that did drugs in his early years he got into drugs in his 30s so i i, I read about him developing his opioid addiction um right after soundgarden ended and into this album so uh yeah uh, i have re-listened to this one again this week and i have tons of memories about where this album was in my journey through music uh did, did you recognize anything on here i never knew any songs on here from the radio or anything like that but no i don't i don't recognize any of them i mean the only thing i recognize was track three preaching the end of the world because there's a lyric in there that was that went on to become a 2012 movie I, that's what I was seeking a friend and I, I just read that right now actually on the wiki page yeah but that's the, I think that song inspired the movie in my opinion but what do I know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah a really really good movie we actually did an episode on that movie maybe I'll yeah. bring that back for a skinny seconds one day but yes. uh, but yeah go sec- go check out seeking a friend for the end of the world if you want more depressing shit mm. like euphoria morning which I, I guess originally was called morning m-o-u-r oh it's, it's, it's called that now they they changed it officially somewhere along the way but it's like, changed back no they, they changed it to the u because you know tar- target didn't want to sell it with m-o-u-r-n so they changed it at the time but eventually they uh they decided so changed back okay cool they re-released it in 2015 it looks like so yeah oh well that's depressing yeah just like this whole fucking album so i mean kind of like a i mean not that like chris cornell writes happy music or anything but like the with like you said like with the context of when this came out mm-hmm. it's very public drug addiction mm-hmm. uh, the fact that he's no longer with us the fact that he's been well, the signs were all there they were all there <laughs> and in 2002 when i was discovering him like this this was uh-huh. the most current album uh for me to base any of my opinions about him on right i always felt like man this is this is the newest stuff man it's so so dark with my soul man it's so like yeah when i'm down it's such a good song and it really is but yeah and even you know it's and it's also like a it's also a a step in a different direction as far as oh, musically yeah. goes it's it's, you no, know, it's nowhere a, close to being sound garden heavy you know it's, it's all soft acoustic driven stuff yeah this is it's a little folk light but you know and but so i don't know if any of the any anybody from like Soundgarden or any of the other projects like consulted on this one i see matt cameron did drums for track 10 mm. so you know see someone who's familiar one. with at least that's a good song but, yeah it is a good one yeah but so musically it's a it's 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 a refreshing palate cleanser you know it's kind of it's very much stepping away from grunge there's some like grunge elements here and there but uh, yeah because his guitar his his guitar work like established what grunge was so it's like he can't not make a grunge sounding guitar work (laughs) yeah absolutely so you know he's 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 working with what he knows but Mm. it's it's still very much in a different more subdued more introspective Mm. uh musical style but man this is a bummer of an album to listen to (laughs) not like that i hated this album but like Mm. wow it's so wow it's like paints him in a different like Mm. 
This is yeah. early 30s, Chris Cornell. He's like 33, yeah. 34 at this point. Hey, that's like someone I know. <laughs> so when I'm down, like, that that bridge always kills me. I love that bridge so much. Like, I... Ooh, what a good bridge, dude. Um, uh, Sweet Euphoria is all just him, acoustic guitar, and the emotion that is that is brought out through that vocally that's probably the best song on this album too yes damn steel rain is so good the closer i mean that this is what a a closer should be in my opinion like i I hold gut punch yeah gut punch and and to hear his voice carry so strongly over softer softer music Mm -hmm. is uh yeah, I feel like it's still a product of its time. I don't know if it carries over into 2020 so well. Yeah, it's hard to say, too, because, you know, for the past several weeks, I've been all Chris Cornell all the time, baby. <laughs> so it's hard to say, like, oh, I went into this completely cold and like it, mm-hmm. it holds up today. So it's hard to say because I'm so I've been so inundated with Chris's mm-hmm. music. So uh, but, you know, a good songwriting is still good songwriting, no, no matter what the <laughs> no matter what the year it is but uh so if you if you want i I, so i i I at least would say don't go into this one completely cold i think you need to have Mm -hmm. a pre-established knowledge of chris's music i think so Uh, at least like bad motor finger and you know maybe even jump into uh temple of the dog do before you kind of jump into this one but uh yeah what a eye-opening album and even too like critically speaking i anytime i think of chris cornell i kind of have it i have a good idea of like what his what kind of music his voice suits mm-hmm. uh and this isn't it right but mm-hmm. um, this is an album that like proved me wrong like how right. it proved to me how versatile his song right his right. singing style really is so that's why like when audio slave was coming around by 2003 we were all just like what's going to happen next? Like we, all the, all the Chris Cornell fans after hearing euphoria morning, were just like, Oh my God, I can't wait for the next thing that comes from this guy. Um, so I, I, so I jumped in like right at that moment. Um, and it was, it was pretty exciting of a time. And on retrospect, I did bump this album up, uh, to an, an 11 out of 12. And it's now my number 74 album of all time. So one of the greats, there you go. There you go. So, so finally this week, the last Chris Cornell album I'll talk about, uh, you know, wait, 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 you, you recommended I check out another solo album, right? Uh, his, his 2007 solo album is not, Carry one, on. not one of my favorites, but his 2015 album is very good. Okay. Then I'll check that out next week then. Okay. Uh, so finally, uh, the only album I'm going to be checking out from this band, um, out of the <laughs> very insistent recommendation from adam audio slave by the band audio slave yes adam so you you checked this out way back when right yeah i'm in a completely cold all based on the singles coach ice and and show me how to live and like a stone adam are those some of the best chris cornell songs ever written um no no they're not but (laughs) oh really (laughs) but if you want to compare and contrast to later uh, audio slave albums <laughs> this is this is going to be the high point <laughs> um but this yeah. is up there 
at least from my opinion, from a new Chris Cornell fan mm-hmm. as one of the, and, and granted, I listened to this like semi-briefly, like back in 2002, but like this is up there with like Bad Motor Finger mm-hmm. and, and, uh, this... and Temple of the Dog and Super Unknown. This, this is... is some of the, my favorite Chris Cornell shit. Yes. I, I, I will still agree with you almost on that because Mm. i mean obviously i want to hear where you're coming from on this but i i I really did a deep dive into who i was in 2003 this Mm. week so (laughs) this album took me in some interesting places because i didn't want to listen to this band anymore especially after 2017 and him dying because they were like yeah yeah but 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 it it turned into such a train wreck by 2006 that I didn't want to even associate myself with this band after that at all. So like, I've, I've really like, I listened to this album like a million times between 2003 and 2005. And then I, I didn't listen to it at all until 2017. And just kind of got burned out. Oh, it's just because I was embarrassed at that. Oh, because of the, because of the subsequent albums exactly exactly and they had basically become kind of a joke at that point which you know i I guess i was just like "Ah, it's funny yeah whatever um and uh so in the 2017 i re-listened to it for our best of all time and i was like oh hey this album isn't that bad and then i again put it away and i was pre-suicide and everything so Mm -hmm. and so still in my mind i'm like okay their audio slave is not great audio slave is not great audio slave is not great oh mike's listening to this album this week i'll just throw it on i'll just listen to it for old time's sake and i just went on this incredible nostalgia trip for 65 minutes of like oh and by the end my heart was just like in my fucking testicles i don't know where <laughs> so um yeah it, it was I, I i love this album i don't know i i don't know why i gave it such a hard time but yeah i, I mean do. the context of the times you were living in and who you were as a person and mm-hmm. how you wanted to like what kind of music fan you wanted to be like that all mm-hmm. that all that all and all the hype. lessons into your opinion all, yeah all the hype, the hype. Of like for me it was only like a one year of hype but that's a long time <laughs> oh yeah especially back in the day when and, like we got all of our music from tv and the radio and cameron was like you know uh deep diving into like the the unreleased demos that had surfaced online so we we already knew like two of the songs or three of the songs before this album came out because of that like Cochise was had been leaked online and light my way so we're just like oh my god this is gonna be so freaking good blah 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 and uh like i i saw this band live saw chris cornell live for the first time uh on march 17th 2003 oh yeah this album came out november 18th 2002 so i was a little bit behind on that but still i by november to march i i was like absorbed wholly into this and then um yeah i was just like reliving going to that show in 2003 and I remember it was the day that the you know the the Iraq War started as well, mm-hmm. and uh, like just it was at the Palladium, you know, where five years later we would see uh, extremely bored Gaslight Anthem set that took my life Ooh. took my life in a whole other direction. In 2003, <laughs> I was there to see my favorite artist of all time at that point, and like uh, I was just reliving that throughout this and i by the time i got the track six set it off i remember that's what they opened the set with Hell yeah, yeah dude. i could just like feel 
I, I, my brain just went right back to uh, what it felt like to be in that crowd and to see Chris Cornell in person for the first time. And we were like all the way up at the front and he like made eye contact with everybody there in the front. And like, you, you just felt like you were drawn in to all of his essence. Hell yeah. It was <laughs> That's awesome, man. Incredible experiences of my life, let alone all the other incredible things that were going on in my life during that time that, you know, I realized slowly dwindled away by 2006 but i was like oh man i was like with my new girlfriend at that time i had like my best friend that i was into music with we were in a band together i was graduating from college i had like zero responsibilities all of my parents were alive i mean like <laughs> it was it was an incredible moment in time when this sounds awesome dude so, chris um, cornell looked at you <laughs> in his with his freaking eyes man so uh yeah. And then uh, by the time I got to track 13, Getaway Car, which I had completely forgotten about that track and how good that goddamn song is, uh, I was just like, what? Well, this album is so good. Like, what was mm -hmm. I thinking? Why, why did I poo this for so many years now? Yeah. <sighs> and man, like, going, like, and, and when I listen, when I personally listened to this back in 2002, when I borrowed it from Javier. Thank you, Javier, for changing my life. But uh, <laughs> you, like, you know, I, I went to this with no real prior knowledge of Chris Cornell. You know, I was every, everyone my age was like familiar with uh, Rage Against the Machine, though, and they're like, "Oh, this is like Rage Against the Machine's like new band," mm -hmm. and like, and they have a new singer, and he used to be in Soundgarden and stuff like that. And you know, so you know, th there's that hype at least from like the teenage me uh, going into this, and like instantly falling in love with those singles and be like, Oh, I have to listen to this, this full album, Javier hook a brother up. Yes. Right. So, and then I did, and I listened to it and I, I can't, I'm pretty sure I made a copy for myself, but like, I just kind of set it aside after like listening to other new stuff. So even back then I was like, okay, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And I, I think I lost that um, copy, but, and I just never listened to it until this past week. And which is very appropriate because now this is like my penultimate uh, Chris Cornell album I'm listening to. This is one of my favorite albums of wow. his, man. It's so good. And like, and I just talked, I just got done talking about how versatile Chris Cornell's voice is mm -hmm. with, with Tom Morello as the co, as the co-songwriter here is yes. it's, it's, it's like a match made in heaven. Really... Tom Morello is such like, it's, it's almost as if Tom Morello matches the vocal tones mm -hmm. of Chris Cornell, but with his guitar, it's almost as if the get Tom Morello's guitar is like the co-lead singer, mm -hmm. a singer in this band. And it's, and it comes out really well on the softer songs. Yeah. Like dude. Shadow on the sun and last remaining light. And um, like a stone too, dude. Yeah. Like, well, when I, heard, song. when I heard like a stone for the first time, like the, I can remember the first time he, hearing the album and that song came on i was like yes this is exactly what needed to happen it's like a pseudo heavy acoustic song written mm -hmm. as good as a chris cornell acoustic song could have been that, yeah dude that guitar solo in the bridge like a stone fuck i can like even even back in the day like i, I remember like humming that to myself <laughs> yep. like yep. so good dude so, um, and like, I've, I still have like, every, anytime I hear the song, show me how to live to like, I, mm -hmm. like, I, I imagine the music video, which is really fucking cool. It's like, it's like the band are like in their, cla in their, in their classic muscle car and they're like running from the cops <laughs> right. and that DJ who like intersplices between like 
the footage of the cops, the footage is the footage of the band. He's like <laughs> fucking rocking out in his DJ booth, playing the song. It's oh, like, man. oh, it's been a long a time. I good, seen. sexy, fu- and Chris Cornell, Max, sexy, Max, I'm just sexy. saying. I mean, like Max, again, sexy. When I was 22, and I was just like, okay, you know, now I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am as a heterosexual man. But goddamn, I'm in love with this man <laughs> so hard, and I and like exactly. I, I embraced that. It didn't like. It, it didn't make me feel bad, you know? Right. <laughs> so yes. And, and, and show me how to live. Definitely. Uh, like that, that was like, I don't know. That's just a perfect audio slave song right there. It is I, dude. And like that, that chorus so soaring, mm-hmm. so perfect. And like, man, if this was like the album I'm ending on, what a, what a, what a, what a great way to cap off my right. Chris Cornell like now, um, I mean, journey part of me wants you to hear the other two albums just for that balance because <laughs> there, nah. there's nothing that is as interesting or experimental let alone as good i mean even like the the acoustic songs the softer ones are really bland uh in 0506 so um but man I, i'll getaway car i mean like that is such a buried gem in this entire it is yeah it's like right at the end there too oh. right before the final track so I'm, fucking good i'm just like walking down newport the other night and i'm like belting that song out hell yeah <laughs> dude hell yeah i took i took my earbud out of my ear just to like r- figure out how loud i was like, <laughs> i'm really loud right now but i don't fucking give a shit because <laughs> hell yeah i was like the only song like it's in the same key that i can hit with him yeah <laughs> so uh, i was uh, I, I totally forgotten about that song in the last three years now. So that was so awesome to feel it come back. But yeah. Oh man. Thank yeah. you. And also, you and also with some context to like earlier this year, I just kind of, I just kind of, uh, I didn't really share it on the show, but like I, I, I blasted through the rage against the machine discography mm. this is during when the, all the social justice movements that were uh, hitting the streets. Yeah. So I was just fucking pissed off at the government, at the world. And I just, I need, I need some music and I knew like, Oh, I'm familiar. Like, I want to go back and listen to some rage shit and, and it helps. Mm. It's very therapeutic. So yes. that, that also helped me kind of going into the same audio slave mindset because I'm familiar with like Tom Morello and his music. And cool, stuff, so. cool. Damn man. It Chris Cornell. Cool. It was fun. What a ledge. And then I was just like reliving like, okay, so by 2006 when revelations came out, I was like, Oh, Hey, obviously got another album so quick. And by then, like my life was in the complete, overhaul by that point <laughs> so sure. it's like like you know you're, you're like out of college and you're in your first year at your full-time job and you know it's you're just starting at the bottom and you're just like struggling to pay your you know 900 monthly rent which sounds reasonable at this point but uh yeah like that 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 album mm, no it's it's so, so i can't even remember any other singles other than the stuff that's on the self-titled album yeah i mean that for uh out of exile there was your time has come and be yourself and doesn't remind me those are the three singles off of that album and they were you, all three poor songs you completely lost me man <laughs> i have I no say idea the the last three tracks on that album are pretty good like 10 11 and 12 um Will you make me That's a mixtape, please? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then by the time 2007 came along, we were just like, all right, another solo album. We're so excited. Carry on. And then it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of okay. It's not exactly what we were hoping for with Euphoria Morning. So, um, 
And so that's why I wasn't too excited, especially when King Animal came out and you're just like, well, it wasn't so great either. And, and, uh, then higher truth or, or well, scream came out somewhere in there, which again, never got through, but, uh, then higher truth, I was not excited about at all. And then I listened to it and I was like, Oh, this is, this is good. This is very, mm. I think now that you have the perspective, I know you listened to that one back in 2015, but I think you'll have an even better perspective on it now. Yeah, I'm, I, that's that's the last one I'm going to be uh, checking out. For, yeah. So you know, kind of kind of put a cap on, uh, uh you know, a, I think a proper cap since that is also like his last official release too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I added so, I added that self titled Audio Slave album to my best list ever. To one of the greats. My number two hundred. My my top two hundred. Um, I believe it is now at number 147. One of the greats. One of the greats. And I apologize. Or 140. Sorry, 140. Um, yes, I apologize for leading you down the wrong path on them for so long. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. So, uh, 2000, 2003 Adam doesn't know what he's talking about. 2020 Adam, though. What a ledge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So, man, what's coming up for this week? I got This week, we got one of the biggest releases coming this year, most anticipated. We've got got Bring Me the Horizon. What do you got? (sighs) Bring Me the Horizon. I'm listening. I'm finishing up those last three John Frusciante uh, EPs. Um, I'm listening to Hands Like Houses. I'm listening to Salem. You, did you not listen to Salem yet? Oh, crap. Yeah, I did. I forgot to put it on my list. I'll ah. talk about it next week. Then. All right. So I got them to listen to. I got Fever 333. Um, I got Bruce Springsteen. I got American Football LP2. And I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I, I, I did kind of Woo. enjoy that Mayday Parade EP. I gave it a two out of three. Oh, <laughs> I know it's not. Yeah, two two good songs on a on a release. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so that 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 was fine. Um, yeah, I wish I had more Chris Cornell to give you at this point, but this has been fun. Yeah, very cool, and and I'm happy to have gone on this adventure with you. It's crazy. It's so crazy. All so right, folks. I think that'll do it for this week's episode. It was a chunky one, so we definitely could not have thrown in a track-by-track review. But speaking of track-by-track reviews, tune in next week, baby. Stay subscribed. We're going to do a track-by-track review of post-human survival horror. Uh, we were we were, we were, were thankfully gifted gifted that thanks to Bring Me the Horizon's PR team and also an email I sent like weeks ago. So thank you to, thank you to them for answering our email. But uh, so uh, check that out uh, next week, uh, right, in time for the, right in time for the release. Uh, and I think I'll talk a little bit about The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1. Oh, that comes right. out next Friday as well. I'm very excited about that. Uh, perhaps oh. we'll also share the results of the draft. Uh, at least for the listeners, the draft has been squared away. Uh, we, have the, we have the official final results of the draft. Again, things can change, but if things drastically change, I'll just pay f- whoever ends up winning out of my own pocket. So doesn't 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 really matter to me. But the, we do have a winner. Uh, we don't have a winner as of yet for our, for you you and my results because there's some bets we're still waiting on. I know. But um, yeah. Billy Eilish fans, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Trump is already kicking and screaming. It, he just has to leave the White House, and, and then you'll get a point for that. <laughs> so 
Yeah. And speaking of which, go out and vote, please. And don't vote for fascism. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the official stance on the skinny with Mike and Adam. Right. Uh, so if you wanted to if you want to chat with us at all on anything we talked about and my God, we talked about a lot this week. You can do so over at Facebook.com slash skinny with Mike and Adam. You want to talk to me personally? I, I'll answer you. Talk to me over at, on Instagram at Mike Wears Prada. You can tweet at us too. Follow us on Twitter at skinny with at the skinny pod. Send us a good old fashioned email at skinny with Mike and Adam at gmail.com. And uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, stay t- I'm, I'm excited for next week's episode because I've already heard I'll, I'll give the you album. My American slang acoustic Brian Fallon bedroom special. I'll give you my, my review of that, hopefully, by next Saturday. <laughs> I want you to look into his bedroom and see if you can find anything damning. Yes, I will. Let us know, let us know what the most controversial thing in Brian Fallon's bedroom is. Please. Oh, man. <laughs> something related to the American Slang album, if we're lucky. Yeah, he's going to leave clues out there, some sort of like <laughs> deciphering clues, and then the winner gets like a signed American Slang vinyl. So. Nice. Count it on you, Adam. <laughs> so tune in next week. Uh, thank you again for tuning into this week's show. For my co-host, Adam, I'm your co-host, Mike. And like we say every week when we're listening to Chris Cornell albums on the show. Get yourself a car. Drive it all night long. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, I think I'm going to go listen to that album again today, oh baby. God. Oh, my God. So good. <sighs> See you folks on next week's episode.